tuning in to episode two of the People Podcast. Today I am joined by two very close friends of mine, Will and Sanchez. Today's kind of going to be a special uh, Valentine's Day episode. We're going to get Will and Ruth in here. They're going to talk about their marriage and their relationship and really excited for people to be able to hear their stories. So I'm not going to talk for too much longer. I'm going to welcome Ruth and Will into the conversation. So hi, guys. How y'all doing? Hi, Damian. Doing fine yourself. Doing well. I'm good. I'm excited. Audio issues be damned. We're making this thing happen. So yes, sir. <laughs> so yeah, how you how you guys how you guys feeling? You guys excited? Yeah, I think uh, we have a very uh, unconventional love story. So I think it'll be a good thing for a lot of people to hear um, a different perspective than the traditional love stories that are out there. Oh yeah, no, I'm excited. Um, before we get into the thick of things, why don't we just kind of give people, I, I plan on having you both on for separate episodes, um, obviously, but why don't we kind of give people a brief rundown of how we know each other? Does one of you guys want to take the reins on that one? Just kind of explain how we know each other. So uh, Ruth and I both play Warcraft, uh, World of Warcraft Online, and we're having some issues doing some in-game stuff. I don't, I'm not going to bore everyone with the uh, intricacies or you know, little things, but essentially we met Damien through Warcraft, uh, realized that we are similar yet polar opposites at the same time, which is kind of weird, but it works <laughs> great. And my wife has uh, befriended him greatly. I think they have a great friendship. I also consider yep. Damien a friend. Um, I would say that his relationship with my wife is stronger than it is with me. <laughs> but most people prefer her over me anyway, so I don't take it personally. <laughs> this is true. This is true. I, I'm I'm very likable. What can I say? There's a lot to love on both sides. I think I think Ruth edges Will out just a little bit, but that's because just I can talk bit. to I can talk to Ruth about certain things that I can't talk to Will about. I think it'd be a little uncomfy if I talk to Will about uh, certain things. So you know, yeah, that's what we that's what we go to that's what we go to Ruth for. And <laughs> you're probably less likely to call me out on my bullshit than Will is, but possibly not. I don't, I'm not sure. It might depend on the day. It might depend on how you're feeling. Oh, uh, you know, uh, my my patience is very grand, especially being married to Will for 18 years now, almost. So, uh, my tolerance level <laughs> for bullshit is very high. So. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay. Cool. Um, honestly, I'm gonna let you guys kind of uh, come in here and um, just kind of however however you guys want to go about it kind of talk to people about your relationship how whatever direction you guys want to take that in and then i might ask questions or look for some fill in along the way but really i'm gonna let you guys take the floor for a, a good minute and you guys can just kind of start wherever you want and uh yeah just tell people about you i guess sure i'll let my husband take the reins on this one. Oh shit um, okay. So, um, Bella and, or Bella, <laughs> that's her Warcraft name. I mean, Ruth, Ruth, um, and I met at AWC, which is Arizona Western College. Right off the bat, we were destined by every single person we knew to, to not have anything successful. Um, I was, a very angry person when I was younger and I was lost in many, many ways. And so I lashed out at the world because the world had done me wrong several times. And so I had the anger issue, you know, I was known for fighting. I was known for being kind of a womanizer in a way. And when I met Ruth, it was through a, uh, another person that I knew at the college. And we had a class together, so we so we would walk from the dorms to class and eat and stuff like that, and a relationship started budding, but every single person we knew said it was wrong. It'll never work. And yeah. he's, he's it, right. I mean, absolutely everyone, even family, um, friends, absolutely everyone. It was literally Ruth and I versus the world. And when we decided in a way like we're going to make this work it was almost um i'm going to say this it was um in um it was almost motivating to have people telling us that we were going to fail 
motivating us to stay together. And so, uh, Bella, or sorry, uh, Ruth ended <laughs> up uh, pregnant at the dorms, which we all know how that happens, you know. Um, Ruth's parents are very religious. Um, me, not so much. So they had not even met me in person one time when I had to go to her parents' house and tell them, hey, not only am I your your daughter's first real boyfriend, but she is expecting my child. And I thought that it was very important that I was there to tell them that I didn't want Ruth to take that burden on by herself because I came from a broken home and I didn't want my children to be that way. And so wait, you know, a bunch of drama and stuff later, um, her dad and I didn't see eye to eye on a lot of things, but that didn't really change anything. You know, I was used to not getting along with people. Anyways, um, it really irritated me that he wouldn't walk her down the aisle and her uncle had to come from Salinas to walk her down the aisle. And I thought, I always thought that was pretty disrespectful, but you know, it's his right as the father. And uh, I just had to accept that. And so I, I did have a little, uh, a major issue with that because in a way, not only was he insulting my wife, but he's also saying, he's also insulting me in a way. He's like, is it because I do not rate to be with your daughter or is it, be, you know, are you, you know, are you, are you, is that towards me and my wife? You know, it, it's, it's, it was really ridiculous in my opinion. But he didn't do it, and her uncle came down. It was it was pretty. Uh, I thought it was pretty disrespectful um, of her father, but I never really brought it up because I didn't want any more hatred from him towards me and towards, but more importantly, towards his towards his daughter for choosing me. And so I just kind of let it go you know I tried to let it go um then we uh we had our son and we had a lot of uh a lot of problems in the beginning not seeing eye to eye on things um but you know seeing coming from a broken home having everyone telling us our whole relationship that it was it was never going to work Sometimes that that's all you need is 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 a little motivation. Our, my saying for our marriage is one day at a time. And I'll tell you what, if 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 we didn't just take it one day at a time, our marriage probably would have ended uh, somewhere in the beginning because we were that close, you know, arguing all the time and frustrating with with the kids and money problems, you know, and all this, this other stuff, it all adds up, but we were still just, just motivated enough to stay together, to, to, to keep that marriage going. And I think that that's one of the most important things nowadays is the divorce rate. So, so high. And I think that everyone's looking for the magic, uh, term or the magic you know the, the secret to marriage there there's no fucking secret there is no secret either you want to be married or you don't you already know what your spouse needs and if you're not willing to provide that then you might as well just call it because your spouse is not going to give you what you need and you're not going to give whatever your spouse needs I mean, you could you could say all kinds of different terminology like communication is the key to marriage. Oh, bullshit. Bullshit. There were days that Ruth and I were, would say two words to each other the whole fucking day because we were mad at each other. But we took everything one day at a time. And the next morning, you know, we talked it out, whatever. And we're still married today. 
and there's countless countless things like that like people say oh honesty is this or respect or whatever terminology you want to come up with that applies to that person's scenario everyone's scenario is completely different i don't know the intricacies of one relationship or another i only know mine and i know mine we take one things one day at a time and it's been pretty damn good with that mindset um, so yeah, I've been talking for you know, <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, that was a lot of, I can hear the passion in your voice, which I know you're a very passionate <laughs> person and obviously yes, I is. can tell it fired you up a bit. Ruth, I'm curious. Um, yeah. cause I don't think you and I've ever really talked about this, but how did, how did no. you feel about, about your dad not wanting, is that something you're comfortable talking about? How did you yeah. feel about, you know? Um, well, I, uh, William and I have a very opposite growing up um he had a very like he said a very broken home not a stable family he grew up very rough um my myself on the other hand i grew up very well my parents uh were together um much older uh parents than the average um family so i think um my parents already had stability they had retirement i grew up very nicely never wanted anything um I, my parents were very religious, especially my father. So I was always, you know, very um, restricted growing up on things that I could do. Um, very sheltered life, unfortunately, very naive. So going into college and whatnot, um, got to live in the dorms, met my future husband, you know, um, and then I got pregnant. And that was very unacceptable for my family. Um, I remember when we told them my mom cried. My dad didn't say anything. Um, there was arguments, yelling, fighting about it. Um, it was it was a bad time, very stressful on me, especially being pregnant, of course. Um, but, you know, and my dad, I guess, just harbored a lot of bitterness about it and didn't think that I should walk down the aisle, be walked by down the aisle by him, let alone me wear a white dress because he told me that I don't I don't. I'm not allowed to wear a white dress because I wasn't a virgin anymore. So instead my wedding dress was, I think like a light, a light pink, which is very pretty. And I still have it. I'm always going to keep it with me. Um, but yeah, it was, it was hurtful, but my uncle um, came down from Salinas, which is, Oh, I think a good 900 miles away or so. And came down to walk me down the aisle, which to this day, William and I are very grateful for, but yeah, it's rough. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, you guys know I don't do the relationship thing well, so I can't really relate <laughs> too much. The relationship thing yeah. doesn't work great for me. So I'm curious. Um, so Jesse what is your first child, right? Yeah, he's our first. Um, he is 17 going on 18. So um, I got pregnant uh, with him and we got married about, oh, I think uh, six months later or so. Um mm. I think I got pregnant, if I recall correctly, around August or September, and he was born in June. In June, um, William and I had a very quick relationship. Uh, I had taken the semester um, out of high school after graduation off because I was tired of school, and I went to work. He went to college that fall. Uh, spring semester comes around. I decide to enroll. Um, First thing is uh, all the people that were there the semester before kept talking about this guy named Memo, Memo this, Memo that, Memo this. And I was like, who the heck is this Memo guy? Like, I keep hearing about him, but I don't know who he is. And, you know, he already had a little bit of a name for himself, a reputation at the college. And our mutual friend was like, oh, you don't know Memo? Like, I'll introduce you. I'll introduce you guys. So a couple of days later, um, we met in the common room in one of the dorms. And uh, he walks in and he's walking towards us. And I distinctly remember seeing him and something inside of me told me this man is going to be very important in your life. So it's, it's, cre it's, it's, it's creepy. It's weird, you know, like to think that, but like I knew somehow he was going to be very important in my life. I just didn't know how. So it's corny to ask this, but was it a love at first sight type situation for you or no? I know it's pretty, uh, pretty corny thing to ask, but I'm curious. Uh, you know? um, well, it's Valentine's Day. This is a Valentine's Day podcast, but uh, <laughs> this is all, but we got to keep it real also. And love at first sight? No, it was not love at first sight. Yeah. It was probably toward the beginning lust at first sight. Um, mm -hmm. I found him extremely attractive. He was fit. He was always going to the gym. 
Uh, he was very open, very honest, sometimes to a fault. Um, <laughs> and that's what gave him his reputation was that he had a little bit of a hair trigger temper and mm -hmm. he spoke his mind and he did not give a fuck <laughs> who he talked to and what he said. I and to that. me, yeah, and to me being such a sheltered person, seeing someone who is like so open and so free, it just instantly attracted me. Like, who is this guy? Yeah, one of those opposites attract type situations. Mm -hmm, definitely. So I'm curious. Um, I know you both have said your relationship isn't as conventional as, you know, it's it's generalization, but let's just say like yeah. a lot of relationships, right? Um, what do you guys think is, is the key factor? Um, I'm interested to hear from both of you about what really makes your relationship different and, and what do you think is the key driving factor that kind of, I know Will said his motto is, is one day at a time. And if that's the answer, then great. But what do you think is, is the thing that kind of drives you every single day? You know what I'm saying? Is, is it just genuine love for the other person? Is it a mix of love and respect for the other person? Like, you know, what, what exactly do you guys think is really driving you to stay together every day and be better every day and love each other harder than you did the last day and respect the other person more than you did the day before. You know what I'm saying? Like, can you guys kind of put yeah. that into words? Um, I can try to go first. <laughs> uh, well, like William and I got married so young. We met at 19, got married at 20 years old, had our son at 20 years old. And now we're both 38. So we've been together. I mean, next month we'll be 18 years married, 19 years together. A lot of this togetherness, uh, we struggled a lot at the beginning for honestly the first about 10 years. Um, and we can definitely say that's the beginning because the first 10 years were very difficult on us where, as he mentioned earlier, we almost divorced a couple times. And when I say almost, I mean, we were right on the cusp of it. One word, just one, you know, that's it. And it was going to be over that close to it. Um, essentially, we had to learn what it was like to live with someone else honestly, to grow up with someone else, because even though we were 19, we still face this adult world, you know, that me coming from a sheltered, naive life, him coming from a hard life, you know, we're going into this world where he has so much experience out in the world and I didn't. And then I had my good side of life that I had that he, that I'm trying to get him to understand. So it was opposite to track, which was great at first, but we learned in the first 10 years of our marriage that our oppositeness um, actually hurt us a lot. And it was a lot of struggles to go through. Um, but and essentially, we had to grow up together, live together, raise a child together at basically 19, 20 years old, which is a difficult feat, um, period. It really is. So as the years have progressed and we have settled into both our lives merging into one um it's really been a wonderful thing and honestly i think our marriage just keeps getting better and better the older we get like i'm so happy to have him in my life um to go through life with him well so um you mentioned love um this is one of those things that makes a little unconventional because i don't believe in love I think I I think if love does exist it's more of a destination you're trying to achieve throughout your life. When I think of love, I think of like those stories you hear the 90-year-old man dies 30 seconds after his 88-year-old woman Wife. passes away and he just dies of heartbreak that that's love in my mind. So when people say love at first sight, I, I honestly call bullshit on that. I do. I, I don't think, I don't think I 100% believe that every relationship that happens, uh, but I know you'll probably have people that won't agree with me, but I don't really don't give a shit to be honest. Um, <laughs> the thing is like, that's lust. If, if, if you're not attracted to somebody, you're not going to get to the, to the, to the love part ever. You know what I mean? Like, like when you see someone, it, you, you see them, that's the first thing you see, you, uh, you meet them. Right. And then you get to know them. Once you know them, that's different, but everything is based off of appeal at first. And it's all your senses, you know, how they smell, how they look, how they, you know, all that stuff. And, and then it goes on from there. But, Another thing that I have a problem with the term love 
is that a lot of times when people go, oh, I love you or I love you, what happens after that? They stop trying. They stop trying to be a better husband, a better wife, a better father, you know, they, a better son. They, as, soon, as soon as that happens, I've seen it countless times where people just become complacent. Oh, we're married. We're in love. I don't have to try anymore. And, and I have, and I've seen so many relationships fail because they think that for some reason, after you hear that fucking word love and you get married, you don't have to, to try anymore. I mean, it, you, you see it all the time. I, I just, it frustrates so, me to no end because people literally just give up and then they will go, well, what's the secret to marriage? What, what does it fucking matter? If I tell you, you're probably not going to do it because you don't give a shit about your marriage because you stopped trying. Well, it's definitely not a one size fits all <laughs> thing. So the secret for your marriage probably isn't going to be the secret for someone else's marriage. I can definitely agree with you there. So I, this is going to sound like a trap question. It's not a trap question, <laughs> but I mean, do you love your wife? I mean, do you love Ruth? Or how do you how do you two express what do you two call that? If you don't love Ruth, what what is it? You know what I'm saying? I so let me. My wife means so much to me. I, I'll tell you a little, a little story real quick. I know we, we're gonna have a short time, but yeah, he tells me I have, stories. I, as have, you want. I have a friend, right? I well, I had a friend, right? And mm-hmm. and it was his bachelor party, right? Big night. Big night, he invited me out. We're out, going out, doing whatever. You know, I won't say what happened at, during the bachelor party. It's not really relevant. But we end up at a bar. And his fiance calls Ruth, my wife. And, and she's worried about him because he's not answering his phone or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I find him. You know, we're at the bar and I say, hey, you know what? And Ruth happened to be at the bar. She was not following us by any means. She just happened to be there. I told him, hey, man, you want to call your wife or your fiance and and check on her or whatever, right? So uh, the guy um, leaves the bar and he comes back and we're having a, a really good time. You know, we're all drinking and all this other stuff. And he turns to me and he tells me, Will, your wife's a fucking liar. And I fucking lose it. I I I I go after him and he's he's like, no, Will, no, you know, no, I didn't mean it that way. No, no. Absolutely fucking not. You do not disrespect my wife. And I, I fucking lost it. And there was a bunch of drama and all kinds of craziness happened that night. But I told him, I said, dude, if you ever say anything like that about my wife again, the for the next six months, you'll be speaking through the wire. And he was all, what? And I was like, I will break your fucking jaw right now. You do not talk to my wife that way. And I, 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 I and to this day, I tell people all the time, they're like, oh, you should marry your best friend. No, you shouldn't. People have best friends all the time. Your spouse should be so high on your priority list. It, 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 it's above anything else. The only people that are on the same level of my wife and possibly even a little higher are my children. I've told my family, friends, everyone, I don't give a fuck. My wife is above everybody. And so... When you, when you, if you would consider that the, the term love, I don't consider it the term love. I've only told my wife that I love her. I think maybe four times since we've been together. The first time was with my, my grandma, which uh, rest in peace, grandma. I mean, she, it really hurt when she died. Um, she, when she was probably the only relative I had that was actually supportive of my wife and me, um, she wanted, she, she came to me, we're at her house and she told me one of her dying wishes was to hear me tell Ruth that I loved her. And that was the first time that, that I, 
ever told her. And that was probably uh, four or five years into our relationship. Like, it was quite yeah. a while. After, yeah, I think so. it, after our son was born, I didn't even say it then. Um, I just, I, it's hard for me to describe. And if you, if my description of how I feel my wife, if that, if, if that's what people infer love as, then that's fine. But I, I don't even think that's a good enough term for how I feel about my wife. I think it's damn near undescribable. I would do ungodly things for my wife because <laughs> she is my wife. She's my spouse. She's my mate. And I'm fiercely loyal to her. And, and I think that people throw the term love around so much that it almost means nothing nowadays. And that's why I won't say that. I won't say that. Oh, I love her because people love everything. Oh, I love my car. Oh, I love these chips. Oh, I love these fucking. Th oh, that movie. I love the movie. It was such a great movie. The term means almost nothing nowadays. So I, I don't know if that I kind of answered your question, but uh, I don't think <laughs> saying I love you is strong enough of a term for how I feel about my wife. Yeah, and and I've known this also. Um, a lot of people are like, well, he doesn't say he lo he loves you. He doesn't get you flowers. He doesn't get you chocolates. Oh like, yeah, that that's not that's what society has deemed the tokens of love um, to show your love. But my husband is not a man of words. He is a man of action, and I have, I've known this from the beginning. So he proves to me every single day how much he loves me, how much he loves our family, how much he loves our kids how hard he works, you know, the sacrifices he's made throughout our marriage uh, for us to have the, the wonderful life that we have, you know, and, and he's fiercely loyal. Like I never have to worry about him at all, ever, you know, have a wandering eye. Um, uh, he can go to the strip clubs by himself. He can go with his buddies. Uh, I, you know, he, he's been sent um, out of state for work um, quite a few times over our marriage and he's gone for two or three weeks when Many other people would probably take advantage of that and go, you know, hang out with other women in other cities. Nope, I don't worry about it at all. Because if I had any doubts about him and his loyalty to me and our marriage, I would not be married to him right now. Because I love him to death. But I also am capable of cutting that cord if I have to, if he ever gave me a reason to, you know, and vice so, versa. So for you two, loyalty and respect are probably what keeps the marriage running, right? You guys had to put it into words. You would say loyalty and respect would be a pretty good way to kind of term it. I think yeah, that I th I that think would so. be a few of the terms. You know, um, there there's a couple other other little sayings that we say. You know, besides one day, one at, a day time, at a time. You know, but she has to tell me that a lot because I'm the type of person that um, loves to look toward the future and look forward to a lot of things. Um, and he's always kind of like reining me back and be like, Ruth, Ruth focus on now one day at a time one day at I a time i think you and i think you and i are pretty similar that way for sure yeah um yeah i mean that's i guess really it's it's kind of what does love mean to you and if you don't want to put the terminology love on it then you have that right right and people can say oh well that is love and then will's like well fantastic great call it what the hell you want i don't really care what it's <laughs> called you know i'm just gonna keep doing what i'm doing and i i respect that i have a lot of respect for that um i'm curious and if you guys don't want to get into it then tell me to shut up but you said you were you said you were pretty severely on the on the brink of divorce a couple of times what drove you guys there you know i'm just like what was the conflict a lot of it with me um i like unfortunately i grew up very spoiled um very well taken care of so my mother did everything for me she cooked for me she did all my laundry did all the cleaning i never had any responsibilities any chores um, so going into marriage and everything, I was not used to having that, uh, responsibility, I guess you could say of, um, maintaining a household, um, and doing those types of things like cooking and cleaning and laundry and everything. So that was one of the big things that was, that was in the way was a lot of my laziness because I just didn't have have that growing up, you know, having to do all that. And then here's him who was working two or three jobs, you know, to keep us afloat. And he wouldn't have food ready for him when he got home or he wouldn't have laundry done because I was 
all day watching TV or playing Warcraft at the beginning of Warcraft, like a long time ago, you know, yeah. um, shit like that. So a lot of it was on me for not not doing what I won't say what a wife is supposed to do, because I don't like to assign roles like that. Um, you know, everyone thinks, oh, the man works and the wife does everything else. No, it shouldn't be that way. You know, it should be pretty equal. Um divide of you know chores and whatnot too but at the same time I was actually home with our son you know and then later on our daughter and I wasn't working as much either so there was no excuse for me not to do that except for the fact that I just didn't do it gotcha so I have another question um I don't know if he has anything to say about that either did you want to add in Will uh yeah um just a little bit um yeah absolutely so so I mean, I, I, you know how honest I am. The beginning of the relationship, it was really hard to work two or three jobs, barely making minimum wage, hardly sleeping, you know. And then I come home, and which she wasn't working during these times. So uh, coming home, house, house a mess, like sp- spills on the floor my son you know shitty diaper and then i'm uh no food you know and then i don't have clothes washed you know i just got home now i have to do laundry also and eating fast food all the time you know when 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 one spouse is staying home now when when my wife was working that's completely different completely different dynamic you know because she's working also so I did a lot more. Um, I partially it was probably my fault. You know, I during the beginning of our marriage, you know, I, I shut down a lot because I was so frustrated. You know, at one point in time, I felt like I was a single father, like I had a babysitter. You know, watching the kids versus my my mate, my spouse, you know, it's like I was very frustrated at the time. And so I. I probably didn't. Treat my wife. As a wife, like I should have, like I didn't do certain things like I didn't celebrate holidays or like anniversaries or birthdays or anything. I mean, I I was very frustrated at the time and that probably added to uh, the situation instead of, instead of me trying to better the situation, even though, you know, the majority of it was my wife, I could have done more and, and tried to remedy it. Would it have helped? I don't think so because like when I was ready to divorce my wife, I finally got, I worked, finally worked us out of the one bedroom apartment that we were living in for years into a house. And it wasn't even a month after buying the house that the same shit was going on again. And I, I lost it. I left the house and, and I went to have a beer with, with a buddy and he literally was like what are you going to call it will or what and i was like i I don't want to call it i just want help i just want help and when i got home uh ruth was there obviously with the kids and I'm, i'm holding my son and i did something that i probably shouldn't have done you know i i told my son to come to me so he came to me and i i think uh she was she was holding him or something and I called him and he came to me obviously and I was holding him and she was like, well, I want to hold him too. And I was like, and I told her no. And, and I won't ever forget that. I should have never uh, used the kids, you know, you always stereotypical divorcing parents using the kids against each, you know, to get back at the other parent. And when I did that, I, I won't ever forget that. And it was wrong of me. It really was. But Right, right. We basically said, fine, are we going to divorce or not? And my wife said, no. I said, no. And she literally had me write a list of things that we needed to get done during the day because I was still working uh, six days a week, 12 hour days. 
So I still didn't have the time to do anything myself. And there's no reason why I should be doing it myself because we have, I have a stay at home wife. So like that was the point where I was going to divorce her. And my wife stepped up to the plate and said, she admitted it. She said, I don't know what to do. I need your help. Tell me what I have to do in order to make you happy. It was so bad that my son walked up and he said that he would start cleaning the house because mommy wouldn't. And when that happened, I, I came very close to crying because I was like, what are we teaching our kids? You know, what, is it so bad that my, my little boy is, is doing this? You know, it was, it was really, really hurtful. Uh, It hurt me as a parent, you know, as a man, you know, it's like, Am I am I not manning up enough, you know, to show my son a good example? You know, there's all these issues that came up. But through all of it, you know, my wife told me, Will, I need your help. Write a list of things that we that need to get done and I'll get them done. And so I literally did that. I know it's kind of cheesy, you know, like a chore list for your kids or whatever. But my wife was honest and said, look, I, I need help. I need I don't know what. You, we that needs to get done because she's not used to doing it. And uh, she started working again, which helped our relationship tremendously. Because then I started taking over more of the house chores also because she was working and I was working. So, you know, we, we'd split, you know, split the chores or whatever. And uh, the, the the big thing is we never gave up, you know, the things that save marriages changes over time, you know, especially when you have kids or no kids, Bella and I are going to go through a huge transition in our marriage soon. My son is 17. Well, I mean, our son is 17. He's going to turn 18 soon. Um, He's going to be going to college and working. So it's, you know, he's on his way out the door and, and my daughter is uh, 13 (laughs) 13 going on 26. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No joke. And when she's out the door, then it's just going to be Ruth and myself. Yeah. That's going to be exciting. I'm going to, yeah. I'm excited for empty nests, Ruth and Will. You guys are going to be a lot less busy. You're going to be a no, lot less busy. I mean, it's already kind of gotten some uh, hints of it because the past year or so, you know, COVID shut down a lot of things, but um, we started to notice the kids are just moving away from us. Like, uh, we usually used to go to the fair as a family. And then this past time that the fair was here, uh, they didn't want to go, but it turns out they did, but they want to go with their friends. Uh, So literally, you know, our daughter's with her friends running around the fair, (laughs) our son's with his bestie and his crew running around. And it was just me and Will there at the fair at the same time with them, but just separate. And I'm like, wow, okay, this is a weird feeling, you know, and there's been other little events have happened that we used to all do as a family. And now we're not. Like tomorrow, Super Bowl party, you know, our our, fr- our family friends are hosting a huge party. It's a kind of a tradition. We've been going there all oh, the past eight, nine, ten years or so, um, perhaps even longer, actually. And uh, this year, um, our son's not going to go. He's going to go with his bestie and his boys, and they're going to go somewhere else for the Super Bowl party. So, you know, it's just us and our daughter. So it's just like little by little, they're starting to kind of move away from us. And not sure how I feel about that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to pretend like I can offer you advice, obviously, right? <laughs> well, you got but, a cat, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I typically found if you just kind of pet her and scratch her when she wants and keep her food and water filled, she's pretty easy to keep happy, so. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> but no, I mean, that story is, that's, I, that's actually, I've never heard that about you guys, and that's mind-blowing to me because the Will and Ruth that I know are very disciplined and very are- communicative. We are and, now. And it I know took, for a, fact that, uh, a long time. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I know Will is a clean freak. So I'm also sure the standard was pretty high <laughs> because Will's literally told me he'll walk into a, a, a friend's house and clean dishes that are in their sink if he sees them because it bothers him so yeah. much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. But that's, I, I love the fact, you know, that instead of, you know, stepping away from it, you guys sat down and you worked on it. something as simple as writing a list. I had a little breakdown of sorts a couple of weeks ago and my boss out here, who's somewhat of a mentor to me was like, 
why bother showing up to work every day if you don't know what you're working for? Write a list of goals. Yeah. And every day when you go to sleep and every morning when you wake up, read those goals to yourself so that when you go to work, you're not just showing up to make a sandwich, but you're showing up to make a sandwich with a purpose because every sandwich you make, every customer you help is driving you closer to that goal. Um, which has really been, sounds dramatic, but it's been life-changing for me. Um, it's really changed my outlook to a degree. Um, it's true. Um, a lot of people just get so stuck with what's going on currently around them that they lose sight of the future and their goals and what they want out of life. Yeah. And um, you guys well, being, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no. Will and I, we always talk over our goals and what's the next step and what we're planning for the future and, um, you know, gives us drive to keep on going and keep doing what we're doing to get to those goals, you know, for our children, for ourselves, our retirement, you know, whatever the future holds. Yeah, I mean, just it's awesome that something as simple as writing a to-do list was able to get you on the right track to fixing your marriage, right? And obviously, that's simplifying it, but I think, you know, Will kind of said, like, just sitting down and making that list made such a difference, just telling him, like, I don't know what to do, you know, yeah. and having even that smallest bit of communication, I think that's pretty, pretty awesome. Um, yeah, I always tell um, Ruth, like, it's fine and dandy, you know, it's it's good to plan for the future. But the thing is, is you can't plan, you can't spend all your energy planning for the future that you don't focus on the present. You're never going to reach that future if that's all you think about. Mm -hmm. It's the present that matters. Mm -hmm. So like when, like for, we're going to try to get a pool bill, we want to get one of those Tesla cars to go to work in, you know, and all this other stuff. But if we're not concentrating on what's happening right now, we're never going to get to that point because we're not, we're not planning now. You know, you got to, that, and that's what I tell her all the time. Like, let's plan for the future, but we need to focus on now because we're not going to be able to get to wherever we want if we're not starting on that path today. Does that, I don't know if that makes sense or not. No, it makes perfect sense, actually. I think it's a great way to kind of look at shit. Oh, I just cussed. Oh, well, it's my fucking podcast. <laughs> That's what I'm fucking talking about. I already, Fuck I'm, yeah. I'm sure I cussed a bunch, too. Oh, oh you I have. did, too. You <laughs> have, but I don't think I had yet. All right, well, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. So I guess we can wrap things up a little bit, but I like to do my little question game. So I do Yay. have some questions for you guys. And you okay, just... so you want to about Ruth to go first? You guys can you guys can choose. I don't care. Or you can both comment. So I'll tell you, like I told Courtney, this can either be a rapid fire, real quick answer, or you can answer and put a little explanation, put a little personality behind it. Whatever the gotcha. hell you want to do. Um, so you guys already kind of spoiled it to me a little bit earlier, but the people uh -oh. don't know, obviously. So um, what is your song? And also, because relationships don't ever work for me, what is a song? Because I don't think I've ever had, like, a song. You know what I'm saying? Like, like what the hell does that mean? You just pick a song and you're like, "This is us, babe." Like, um, come on. Honestly, we don't really have a song because even when we had to pick a song for us to dance to when we got married, we didn't even have a song. Apparently, mm -hmm. it's something that the couple—I don't know—a fond memory, maybe their first date. I—I I don't know what the whole first song thing is, but we never had one officially for our marriage. Um, I forgot what song we picked even that's how memorable that was um, but I know that Will's song that he likes for us is um, Journeys Faithfully Yeah. Um, and I've Just come to like a that a lot too when I say that's our song I probably would have to say it is because that seems to be the only song that we both uh, have a sentimental value for it's just the lyrics and the depth of the song um, uh, that's, a lot I of people don't know uh, they don't know how deep the song really is. There's there's a line in the song that reminds me of of when my wife and I first got married. the The line is something about uh, people say um, the 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 road is no place to start a family, mm -hmm. and that reminds me of when you know. Bell, uh, Ruth was literally six months pregnant, full on belly. We were still living in the dorms. Yeah. Like, 
literally totally pregnant. Super obvious. Yeah. And and like everyone told us it's not going to work. It's not going to work. And and it that that line in the journey song the road is no place to start a family. You know what? There is no perfect time to start a family. You know, you could do all the fuck you want, but it doesn't matter. It, what matters is what you do after that. Like, what are you going to do with your family? Are you going to enrich them? Are you going to help them? You know, and and I think that that, that line right there, it, it's literally in my mind all the time about how no one gave my wife and me a chance to be successful. And so far, my wife has and I have told all those people to go fuck off. Yeah. Oh yeah. Awesome. Okay. Um, so weird question. Um, interpret it how you'd like, but your parents. So do you hope that your children develop relationships with their spouses that are similar to yours or do you or or what's your take on that do you, do you get what i'm asking like do you hope they kind of build a relationship that's similar to relationship you two have do you hope that they have it like a little easier do you kind of hope they branch out and do their own thing like what what's your take on that you know mm. does that make sense is the question yeah making sense? i personally hope that our daughter can find a man like will that is loyal, hardworking, determined, um, you know, hellbent on making a best life for his, you know, for our daughter and for future children, you know. So in that aspect, I really hope that Callie will, will find someone that's a lot like, like Will. As for relationship-wise, um, it's been a lot of struggles and difficulty over what we've been through for the past, well, I would say the first 10 years, I guess. Um, and I don't think I'd want her to go through that. And I hope that she doesn't have to. But, you know, mm-hmm. relationships always have ups and downs. So I'm just hoping yeah. that their ups and downs aren't as bad as ours were. Gotcha. So will so there, answer. Oh, go ahead, Will. Yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and answer that. Um, so there's a famous quote that uh, someone told me. And I don't know who fucking said it or anything. But it says <laughs> something about a father... Is a dot is the the a father's job is to show his daughter what kind what a man should be, and it goes the same with the son. Mm-hmm. So if if I died tomorrow, my son would know what a man should be. And I know people are gonna fuck it. Oh well, man, you know what, what's that fucking toxic masculinity, toxic masculinity. whatever bullshit. <laughs> Look, it has nothing to do with any of that. It has to do with showing a great example of a person, you know, uh, uh, of that figure in the family, like a father. Like I, uh, if my daughter got with someone that, it, if they brought, if she brought someone home. And he was like me, I would not be upset about it. Not per- he didn't have to be perfectly like me, obviously, you know. Um the and the um the quote goes, um, be the man that you want your daughter to bring home. That's a great quote. And when I think about that, I think every I do, I think about this stuff all the time, you know, when my daughter's watching me and when my son is, you know. When my son's watching me, when he sees me do things, they've seen me do things that are wrong. You know, um, there's there's a couple things that, you know, I did that I, I can't take it back, obviously, but hopefully the good outweighs the bad. And, and when they and then when they grow up, they remember that as far as a relationship. No, um, I honestly think that uh, it would have been much better if if. I don't know, four or five years later, you know, more established because one of the problems that we had was being financially stable, you know, literally coming from the dorms to minimum wage jobs, you know, like it, it was not very easy for me to, that's why I had to work so many of them, 
So if I could tell them one thing, I'd say before having kids, before having this, try to get yourself established. So that way you don't have, at least you don't have that financial issue in your relationship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For sure. Um, So we'll answer first and then Ruth on this next one. Um, What, what career do you like, what career or what path in life do you think would best suit your spouse? Like what, like if, if you could put Ruth, like exactly where you, like where you think she should be, where she would be her most perfect and strive her best kind of career oriented, where would you, where would you put her? You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that, um, my wife is, is very, um, not sensitive, but, uh, very understanding, much more understanding than I am. And I think that she could easily be in the medical field. Um, like a therapist? Yeah, like a, th- like a, a therapist type, uh, maybe like a, a nurse or something, you know. Um, I think that she's very caring, and I think that that was always a possibility for her. Or a lawyer, you know. I know it sounds polar opposite, but she is very, very uh, analytical. So, like, she could probably do either one of those just fine. And But I think the medical field would probably be a little bit better because she likes to watch all those pimple-popping videos all the time. Oh, God, Ruth. <laughs> yes. I uh, yeah. That's so gross. <laughs> oh, and operations when they cut people open. Oh, and, I can't. And seeing people's injuries and seeing, like, oh. the damage that, that happens to the bodies and how they fix it. It's Dude, great. seeing other people's blood makes me want to pass out. I oh, cannot no. imagine. Oh, I've, I've got an iron stomach, dude. I've seen some messed up stuff, and I'm just uh, fine. I would have been a great terrible. EMT. Yeah? Well, what's, <laughs> what's your dream career for Will? Where are we for putting my- William? For my husband, I would have to be a tie be- between a motivational speaker because he has lived such a hard life at such a young age still, and he's got so much wisdom. He's definitely an old soul. He's uh, been there and done that. He's got a lot of miles on him, <laughs> and um, I think that uh, he-, he inspires a lot of people. He motivates a lot of people, whether it's at the gym, whether it's at work, whether it's just our friends. Um, he's always got positive outlooks surprisingly you think he'd be negative all the time but he he mixes that in with a lot of hope and positive positivity and encourages people to always strive to do better to be better you know so he would make an excellent motivational speaker i mean i'm, I'm saying if he really wanted to do that he he'd probably become famous off of it mm-hmm. um next next would ironically be a lawyer um he loves to find fallacies in what people say he loves to be right He's hardly ever wrong, and I'll even admit that now. <laughs> um, it's very rare that I can ever catch him being wrong, um, and whenever I do, it, it's like a victory for me because he's almost always <laughs> right in everything, so I don't let him g- let it go <laughs> when he's wrong. But uh, he he really likes to – same thing. He reads a lot, a lot more than people think. He's very educated, very intelligent man. Um, unfortunately, a lot of people stereotype him because of the way he looks. You know, he's a – Big, strong guy, broad shoulders, broad chest, muscly, long beard. He always don't has forget to mention he's don't forget to mention he's four foot eleven. <laughs> so some people think, but no, um, he's got a big beard. He's got tattoos. Um, everywhere we go, there's always some people that look at him a little wearily because you know he's kind of a scary looking guy, especially with that pissed off look on his face all the time. Um, but he is actually very intelligent and very educated, um, well-read, um, very like, just amazing. So he would be such a good lawyer because he likes to debate. He really does, um, especially if it's just good, honest, intelligent conversation. Um, he likes to hear other people's sides. He likes to counteract that. Um, he likes questions being bounced off of him and vice versa. Um, I think he would make a really excellent lawyer because I think that he would be able to fight for for, for the good side, I guess, and he would be able to find fallacies in the other uh, uh, people's testimony, and he'd be able to defend and protect, because that's what he is. I could see that, but he mm-hmm. would definitely not have to be a public defendant, because I can't see Will oh, no. willingly no, lying no. for someone. Yeah, like, nope. 
Yeah, Never. That's why he would right. always be the you would prosecutor. Have to be your own. Exactly. Because mm-hmm. I don't. I couldn't. I could not see it happen. No. I mean, he can't even be like in um, Among Us. He would never he be would able to be himself. an imposter. <laughs> he would tell, he would himself. tell himself. Like I'll say, like, are you the imposter? He'd be like, yes. <laughs> like, like ruined the whole game yeah, in one but minute. I fucking killed Jerry, didn't I? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he would always be crew. So that's the way he is. But um, yeah. that's a, it's a very good trait to have. I can always trust him with anything because I know he's not gonna try to lie to me about anything he can't lie like i don't think it's in his blood to be able to lie um he'll he just he'd rather for the he, he would rather avoid the question i think than ever answer it because he won't lie um so every time people ask him something i'm like oh are you sure you want to ask that because he'll <laughs> tell you the truth and you and might he, not like it and they oh they won't like it yeah but yeah All i right. think um either motivational speaker or lawyer would be perfect for him for sure so last question, and then we're going to go ahead and end the pod. This is a light one to wrap up what's been a pretty deep conversation, I think. But um, I'm going to hear from both of you. But who is winning tomorrow, and why is it Joe Burrow and the Bengals? <laughs> because Joe Burrow and the Bengals are going to go in there, and they're going to whoop some L.A. ass. Okay, I so, so. I, I don't know what you're talking about, but tomorrow <laughs> there's a party at my friend's house. They're yeah. having a Dr. Dre, Eminem, and Snoop Dogg concert, and there's some <laughs> yeah. kind of a fucking game playing before like and after. Some, yeah. So I don't know really what's going on. Are you just? But, upset on, but honestly, I know a lot of people are going for the Rams. I really don't care to be honest. But the reason why is because, um, I guess there's some real veteran players on the Rams that had never won a Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, I'm talking like been line. in the league for a long time. Yeah. Now, um, honestly, I don't care. I really don't. But uh, I am looking forward to the concert, though. <laughs> and, um, yeah, um, same here. We do not have a horse in the race anymore. So I really don't care who wins. I just want it to be a good game. I don't want it to be a blowout either. I want it to be suspenseful and entertaining. Um, I think there's good guys on both teams, honestly. So I just want no one to get hurt, and I want it to be a good game. Super psyched about the concert. We're going to push all the kids aside and say, hey. Yeah, you're going to show this, your age this, tomorrow. This, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. These kids don't even know. Uh, I hope. I, I don't even know what they're going to open with. I kind of want them to open with Lose Yourself. <laughs> I think that would be epic, but. No, no, dude. No way. I'm it's going to have to be uh, uh, Dre and Snoop Dogg from, from the 90s. Think yeah. so? That, yeah. Uh, an iconic song. I'm pissed yeah. off, man. I was supposed to only work ten to five tomorrow. And now I gotta work till freaking closing time. So I'm gonna what? have to try to, I'm gonna have to try to watch it in the back when there aren't customers in the store. But whatever, it's my job. Well, right? hopefully, there shouldn't be anyone coming in. I mean, it's Super Bowl. During the game, hopefully not. I'm sure it'll be crazy before, but it is what it is. But I want to thank yeah. you guys so much for making this happen. Super, super, super appreciative of both of you. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna have you both on for individual conversations too and multiple appearances so i'm definitely excited for that but thank you guys for sharing your story with people that's like a really uh raw thing to do you know you really expose yourselves but i think you guys have the skin for it and i don't think you guys are shameful or of any part of your past right so i really appreciate people like you you know we we barely even scratched the surface my friend we don't have enough time today but there's a lot more stuff we can get into yeah for sure but well, I appreciate you having me on, uh, and my and obviously Ruth does too. Um, I I I don't mind coming back uh, if if that's a thing. But uh, uh, like Bella said, you really shouldn't ask me questions you don't want the answers to. <laughs> well, so I've been put it friends with you for long enough that I know that, and that's why yeah. when I have the real hard hitting life questions, I go to you and I say, "Don't hold back," and you say. I never hold back, you know, in your little <laughs> serious will voice, but I know who to go to when I need the brutally honest answer. And it's normally Ruth. And then I get the confirmation through you, but Ruth tells me what to think. And then you go through and pretty much confirm exactly what she said. And I'm like, all right, cool. I was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the, the longer Will and I are together, we're definitely kind of becoming one in that sense to where we have, we see a lot more eye to eye on a lot of things, which has been an amazing development in our marriage because the way it first started off, not so much, but now we're pretty simpatico with uh, each other, which is wonderful. It makes, makes our marriage that much better. 
For sure. All right. Well, I want to thank everybody who tunes in and listens to this episode. You can catch People Podcasts on the Anchor app, Spotify, or Apple iTunes. I think it's uh, Apple Podcasts. We're looking to get on Stitcher and Google Podcasts here pretty soon. I hope everybody has a wonderful Valentine's Day. I hope everybody enjoys the conversation. Will and Ruth, thank you again for coming on. And I'm going to go ahead and sign us off. Thank you for having us, David. Thank you for having us. Thank you, guys.